Happy New Year. Congratulations on living until 2022. We both made it. And there's definitely something to be said for that. So it's a new year. That means for many people, including me, it's time for resolutions. My suggestion, which I'm sure won't surprise you, make some key decisions around my own death and dying should be one of your resolutions. And today, we're going to go through an overview of the Death Binder. Hello, kind people, and welcome to Dying Kindness, the podcast for people who are going to die someday. I'm Sienna Stewart, and I'm going to die someday. You will too. So let's all do what we can to make some key decisions now in order to be kinder to those that we'll leave behind. I encourage you to write all these things down and keep them in one place, what I call a death binder. You can get a template for your own death binder and more at dyingkindness.com. If you appreciate this show and want to support it, you can become a Patreon member, do a one-time donation, or shop the bookstore. Everything is linked through the website. Another thing you'll find on the website are links to join the Dying Kindness communities on either Facebook or Slack, whichever one works for you better. Thank you so much to everyone who has already contributed and written to me. It means so much to me to know that what I'm doing is helpful to you. Speaking of that, it's time to get on with the show. Maybe you're wondering why you should make a death binder. In order to answer that, I want to take a moment and think about what grief feels like and what it does to someone. People who are grieving are experiencing a specific and really intense kind of stress. It comes with a lot of brain fog and it can, you can get easily overwhelmed. And at the same time, there are so many important decisions that need to be made in a super short time. This is a terrible combination. People who are grieving are often asked to deal with so much paperwork unfamiliar technology, big money decisions, all kinds of family dynamics, not to mention the emotional side of grief, especially if there are unresolved things left when somebody dies, then that just hovers in the air as well. You think about the people that you love, think about them going through all of this. What will they be feeling and experiencing when you die? That's really hard to think about, right? Don't you want to do what you can to help them? Let's not add anything to what's already really hard. Let's make these decisions and write them down and just do what we can to help them. If we don't make these decisions or we don't tell anyone what we want, We can add to that previous list of stress and overwhelm. We'll add confusion, indecision, maybe regret, maybe doubt, and maybe also some unnecessary financial burdens. Let's not do that. Let's be clear and decisive, and let's write it all down. Now, there are a lot of decisions to be made. Some of them are more critical than others, so you don't have to do them all at once. There are some things I want you to do right away, and then there are other ones that you can take your time and do eventually. Truth be told, I haven't done all of them myself, 
I'm still working it out. That's just real. As a reminder, if you haven't gotten your own template for the Death Binder, sign up at dyingkindness.com to get a copy of the template emailed to you. The template is broken down into sections based on how critical that information is. Section 1 is absolutely essential stuff. Section 2, very important stuff. And Section 3, very helpful stuff. What I consider absolutely essential are making a contact list of people who need to know if you get injured or if you die, your advanced directives or healthcare directives, your various powers of attorney, your insurance information, information about your dependents, what you want done with your body, also known as final disposition or body disposition, and the information about your will or trust. That's the list of things that you really should do right away and that everybody who is over the age of 18 should have complete. Yes, over the age of 18. Don't go waiting until you are much, much older. The reason that it's over 18 is because until then, the parents or guardians of a person are the ones who are responsible for all of this information. But as soon as you turn 18, all of this stuff is supposed to be your decision. There are other things that I consider very important, and those are in section two. These are the things that come up in the first few days and weeks, and having this information written out is going to be a huge, huge help to everybody that you love that's going to be cleaning up after you. This includes information to help them complete your death certificate, information about what kind of funeral or memorial or celebration of life you want, any secured locations, things that you have access to, like keys to that other people will need to clean up and, and empty, financial information so that they can get access to that, and any biographical records that may inform all of these other things. Lastly, there are more things that keep coming up that I've included in a section three labeled very helpful. These are things that are not necessarily critical, but having to struggle to complete them or find them can drag out the grieving process in a really intense way and potentially even extend it for years as they keep bumping into these things in the future. So maybe you can help them out by writing this stuff down in advance. This section includes information to help fill out your obituary. Maybe you can even draft an obituary for yourself. If you own or rent more than one kind of property, where are all of those things and how do you access them? household maintenance information and contact people, people who show up regularly to help you maintain your life that others may not know about, memberships and communities, things that you pay dues in or you know people that will eventually want to know that you've died, any subscriptions that you have that should be canceled or transferred, what is your online presence like and what things need to be taken down, cleaned up, archived, whatever. Maybe you have international assets that also need to be resolved. 
Then there's a section just labeled other notes that includes things that are unusual or may not be applicable to everyone. And I just threw them all in there. So that's what's included in the Deathbinder template. Some of them are just categories. Some of them are forms that you can fill out to help you just keep organized. If you just want to take down that list of things and you've already got it going, then more power to you. The Deathbinder template is there to just help and help you keep organized. As I mentioned at the top, today I'm really just doing an overview of the overall binder. If I tried to tackle everything in one episode, it would be way too long. This doesn't mean that you have to wait on everything, though. Today, you can get started on that very first section, the contact list. I know this sounds simple, but it can get intense to think about who will need to be told if you get injured or die. Give yourself some time to fill this out and know that you can keep coming back to it in the future to add more. Some of the things that I've included in the death binder are things that are basically lists that you can fill out on your own. However, for other decisions, you're going to need to have some big and potentially difficult conversations with the people who are going to be responsible for making them happen after you're gone. On the next episode, I'm talking with some people who have tips on how to approach these conversations. Stay tuned. I think it's going to be really good and helpful to you. Actually, I'm going to be devoting the next few episodes to different sections of the Death Binder, laying out some detailed information to help you fill out individual sections. Upcoming episodes will cover advanced directives, options for body disposition, planning your funeral or memorial or celebration of life. I'll spend some time talking about finances and budgeting for end-of-life care and what kinds of things need to be paid for after you die. I'm going to talk with a lawyer about how to think about wills and trusts. And I'm going to go a little into planning for managing our digital assets and our online presence after death. I expect you're going to feel really good once you've completed your death binder. Doing it is tough, but completing it feels wonderful. Remember, though, that even after you've finished it, you need to plan to review it regularly and make any updates. This is not a one-and-done activity. Why would you need to review it? So many reasons. The people you list as contacts or beneficiaries may have moved or died, or there may be a change in your relationship to them. Maybe new people have been born that you want to include as beneficiaries. Your circumstances may have changed, like where you live, or your finances, or your health status, pulling you towards different choices. Maybe new options for your body or health care have emerged that you would prefer. You could also just change your mind about something as you age or when you learn more. I've committed to reviewing my death binder every year. Because my birthday is in the middle of the year, I've decided to put my annual review sometime in my birth month. You might prefer to include it as part of your year-end review or when you're doing a spring cleaning, or maybe it'll be an annual New Year's resolution. Choose whatever time works for you and how you think about it, but choose some time and best if you can make it annual. The review probably won't take as long as the first time you fill out the death binder, but you should still set aside some focus time. And then reward yourself in some way for getting it done. Give yourself a gold star or do a happy dance or high five with somebody. 
or I don't know, go splurge on some hedonistic pleasure because you can celebrate that you're still alive right now today and give yourself a full sensory experience so that you can enjoy it. Completing the death binder, making all of these decisions is hard, valuable work. And trust me, the people you love will be so grateful that you did it. Thank you for joining me here on Dying Kindness. The theme music is by Blue Dot Sessions, and everything else was done by me. I'm Sienna Stewart, and I'm going to die someday, but hopefully not before I finish my own Deathbinder. Today's death reading is from Advice for Future Corpses and Those Who Love Them by Sally Tisdale. One of the central ideas of our lives is that there will be a tomorrow. Tomorrow may be when I get the laundry done. Tomorrow may come after I retire. Tomorrow I start summer vacation. But if we are aware of our dangerous situation, there is no tomorrow. No next year. Only this. Of course, we plan anyway. There's no other way to live than to plant seeds and wait for the fruit, whether it's the laundry or retirement or next summer's vacation. The trick comes in planning next summer's vacation while knowing that next summer is not promised to anyone. This impermanence is the key to our pain and our joy. <laughs>